You've got a vision. You've got an idea. You've worked hard, but nothing's moving forward. You've come to the right place. Welcome to Vision Possible, the show that helps you to believe, conceive, and achieve. Your hosts, Butch and Julianne Hartman, Hollywood producers, authors, and parents with over 30 years of entertainment experience, want to help guide you through the practical steps it takes to get your idea off the ground. Your vision, should you choose to pursue it, is possible. Get ready to be empowered in three, two, one. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Vision Possible. I'm Julianne Hartman, and this is my husband, Butch. Well, hi there. Yes, that's right. I'm Butch Hartman, and we're so glad you guys are joining us. This is the show that we, you, we well, we want to make your vision possible. As you say, we make your vision possible. We don't really make it possible, but we, we really want you to make it possible. Well, we help you to make it possible because right. we can't make you do anything, but we can help you, guide you, and direct you into you know things that you can do. We can encourage you, which is what we love to do. That's why we want to hear from you so that you guys can you know let us know what your needs are. If you want us to encourage you more, let us know. If you want, have you, if you have specific questions about, you know, any kind of field of what you do, get how you get into this, or how do you get into that, just let us know too. Uh, we are all set up at visionpossibleconference.com. There you can ask us any question. You can contact us. You can find out where we're doing our our conferences. And um, yeah, so we are here for you. But we also have today. Our, our, our returning guest because it was so great last week and we just felt like we weren't done. So that's why we want to start again and not just start again, but just to add on from last time. So here we go. We want to introduce to you Pastor Rich Van Winkle from Louisville, Texas. He is from the Shepherd's House. That is his church. They've been at church for many years and they're awesome. So if you ever get to Texas, please check out the Shepherd's House in Louisville, Texas. But welcome, Pastor rich well thank you good morning it's good to be back with you guys well thanks pastor rich for coming back you know it was so much fun last week when we got to talk to you um you know just hearing all the cool things you had to say all the stuff you talked about with god um and and you know not, not a lot of pastors talk the way you talk and so uh there's a real humility about you there's a real um just a real genuine thing about you where people I think really are drawn to what you have to say and uh, I'd like to maybe pick up from we left when we left off last week you talked about how you had an encounter with Jesus when you were five and he, he put his hand on your shoulder said you were going to preach the gospel and then you said you walked away can we talk a little bit about that yeah when I was five like uh, Butch had mentioned the Lord really appeared to me and and um did put his hand on my shoulder and told me that I would preach this gospel. And, you know, I, I walked my own direction for quite a few years. But the interesting thing is the Lord spoke to me and said that you're going to walk away from me for a while. But what was interesting, he said, I'm going to come back to you. He didn't say I, that I would be coming back to him, but he would come back to me. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I ended up trying to commit suicide, locked up in a mental clinic. And and uh, I remember stepping out the day that I got a weekend pass. And I looked up at the sky and I said, Jesus, the best thing I did with my life is I try to destroy it. I give it to you from this day forward. Wow. I mean, that's that's pretty heavy walking away. Committed, yeah, it, it cost you. Almost committing suicide and then going into a mental institution. Yeah. Wow, that's um, that's pretty heavy. So I have a question. Um, 
I, I, well, we were saved 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we didn't, this wasn't from a five-year-old's point of view, but how, how did you not like know that like the whole time like like saying that wait a minute I shouldn't be doing this because I, I don't want to walk away from him I don't want to do that like how what's the mindset how do you how do you do your own thing knowing that he told you that your life is mine and you will preach my gospel mm -hmm. like and then to do something else how do you do that that's the part that I don't understand so maybe you can help me and other people with that yeah well I, the thing I think that with in my life was is that you know, we always have the, the opportunity to compromise. Yes. And so peer pressure, fear of man, what other people think about you. So I got involved then with, with you know, we did a lot of drinking and all this kind of stuff. And, and um, I remember many nights I would be home just weeping, telling Jesus, I'm so sorry, I, I'm not serving you. But... His love was always there for me, which was the amazing part. But I, I was, uh, I would just say this: my my flesh was weak, and and so I followed my flesh. I followed after the things of the world, so most people do, and most people do, and and but all the time, always knowing the Lord loved me. That was the amazing part, and and I, I, when I really, really realized when I tried to commit suicide that you know what. I had really hurt the one who loved me so much. And also I'd hurt my wife because I was married at that time. And I realized that, that you know, uh, the only road I was traveling on was death. And the only one that could offer me life was the Lord himself. The thing that was so amazing in all of this, I knew that he was willing to extend life to me. He wasn't going to say, well, you know, You've done your own thing. I'm I'm done with you. Good luck, you know. Go about your life. You'll probably die. But he, he, he was there to say, when he told me, I'll come back to you. And it was really him that was drawing me to himself. And uh, uh, there came to a place, there would be times I'd be on my knees at the middle of the night just crying out to God because I knew I was out of order. But I... You know, that, that dynamics of your flesh and then, then demonic stuff gets involved with that. Like suicides are mainly demonic. And that thing started getting a hold of me. And, and um, But, but it, the Lord set me free from it. And he literally then, he really came back. It may sound like when I went out there and said, Jesus, this is the best thing. But it was him calling me back to himself. And from that point on, we just we'd back in relationship with him. It just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger and uh, to where I'm at today. Let me say this about people that fight, that, that you have a problem with depression because depression is, is the, the twin sister with, with uh, committing suicide. And I remember one day I was laying there and, and uh, this was after I was then walking with the Lord, but I still fought with depression. And I was there one day and I'm, I'm like, I didn't even want to get up in the morning, and I had my head covered up. And I said, oh, what I must look like in your sight. And see, what I wanted to hear was my Heavenly Father to say, yeah, you're just a worthless son and everything. That's what I wanted to hear because people in depression want to hear bad things. They don't like good things. And I heard the Father, this one time I probably heard him almost audibly. He said, you look like a beloved son to me. And it changed the whole moment. That, that quick. 
I mean, that thing broke, and, and because the Lord only sees us as his beloved sons and daughters. Once we're born again, that's the only way he will see us. And so I knew that it was the, the way he perceived me was how then as I become back to him, as he drew me, then I begin to perceive myself like he perceived me. Mm. And it changed my life. And then you just fall in love with Jesus again. And, and um, you, you know, you don't, the good thing about God and this, God is an increasing God. And, and I didn't have to go back and start all over again. It was like I, I stepped into the place where I stepped out of, and then I could keep going again. Uh, a lot of Christians, especially people with depression, they're so um, into themselves, really. Uh, but it, they begin to get a false image of who God is. And, and as a result of it, you begin to think that he's this God that uh, you deserve everything you get, every bad thing. And, and you don't have any vision for anything good. And a God-given vision is all about everything good. It's all about prospering you. It's about blessing you. It's about you being a blessing to others. The whole, uh, and so you begin to move out of that depression, but it new, moves you towards loving other people. It moves you towards loving God. And your whole outlook in life changes. Instead of seeing all the bad, you begin to see the good. You begin to see God in things. You begin to see how you can bring God to other people. It takes you totally out of yourself. And people in depression, I know um, they may not want to hear this, but I lived there, so I know what I'm talking about, are selfish because it's all about self. I was always thinking about me. This is, you know, and it was all, um, it's all about me. But when you move out of that, it's all about him and other people. And when God gives us a vision, it's always to bring him into not only your life, but somebody else's life. When people don't fulfill vision, there could be thousands of people out there that would have been a result of their vision changing them that wasn't changed. Because your vision is, for instance, when God gave Moses the vision of delivering his people, it wasn't about Moses. It was about three million of his people getting set free. And can you imagine that? Um, I'm going to go set these people free from the strongest power in the in the in the world the the egyptian pharaoh yeah. you know how am i I'm, I'm just an old man in the desert how am i going to do this yeah. you know that's that's a big challenge for yeah. sure well the thing that got him there was it says in acts when stephen was talking about moses he said moses knew that he was going to deliver israel and that's when he killed the egyptian when he was 40 and and he thought that the, everybody would understand i'm your deliverer but, he, but here's the thing. Here's the key about this. In vision, you can try and do it in your own strength. And you'll be like Moses. You'll be like Abram when he brought forth Ishmael. He thought that the vision God gave him, he decided that instead of being patiently waiting for God, he decided he could help God fulfill it. And impatience will always produce an Ishmael. And impatience will always put you in the backside of the desert for 40 years. So when Moses, so God came, here's the good news about God. God came back to Moses, but this time he met God in the burning bush. He had the glory of God experience that then marked his next 40 years of ministry, which was then, he was through God's miraculous power. That's the only way our visions are fulfilled, given to us from God. 
I love how you said uh, impatience will always produce an Ishmael. I must yeah. have a, a room full of Ishmaels. <laughs> uh, I must have a, a school full of Ishmaels somewhere. No, really, because a lot of us who have who have vision and who have goals, yeah, we'll just we'll change the word to goals even. But like, you have a goal. Okay, I'm going to get out there. If you're a go getter or a Type A personality, you want to get out there and oh yeah, get it going. Yeah. But um, how do you recommend those of us? Because I'm a visionary, just like you, and so is Julianne. How do you recommend that we be patient? Well. First of all, we have the fruit of patience in us, love, joy, peace, patience. Patience is in us. And the scripture says, let patience have its good work. In other words, let the fruit of patience in the new man have its work. And it says this, we possess the promises by faith and patience. Patience is the what I call the engine of our vision or faith. In other words, patience in us tells us we've already got it. And it's God who gave it to us. It's God that will produce it through us. So patience then holds us in place when we go through the tough times. Because patience is there saying, you're just going to go through this. You're going to make it through it. And patience will take us through. It's like a traffic jam like here in L.A., you know, you guys, you can't go anywhere without a traffic jam. Well, you have a goal. For instance, yesterday we are, we went down with uh, uh, well, it was a week ago. Mm-hmm. Julianne took us downtown, and and um, we knew our goal was to go down there to Hollywood. That was our goal, but we had to have patience to go through the traffic because we knew we were going to be where we were supposed to be, and we didn't let the traffic deter us or cause us to do something different. That's what patience does. Patience allows you to sit on the freeway because you know you're going to get to your goal. And, and so patience is the engine of, of what your faith and your vision is all about. And so that's what holds us together, knowing that, Abram, you're going to be the father of many nations. But his impatience produced the Ishmael. And Moses, his impatience got him kicked out of Egypt. But when, when they had a greater encounter with God, then they were m- moving through that with, with faith and with patience. That's how your vision has to come to pass. That is awesome. And, you know, when you have type A personalities and you've got people like Butch and I, we like, we move, you know, mm-hmm. we make things happen. Um, we have to be, that's why we have to spend time with the Lord because we can make things happen in our own strength and though, and it never turns out good. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it'll turn out, but it's a hard road, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're doing it in your own strength, that's why, you know, we have to hear from the Lord. And I think the biggest thing anybody can do for themselves is to spend time with the Lord and let him give you the plan. Absolutely. Otherwise you're going to rack your brains out. You're going to hit your head against the wall till you're like, give me something, you know, keep hitting it until you feel like you've got something. Yes, we do have a closet full of Ishmael's. We should let them out. What do you think? (laughs) They're climbing it. But I want to say one thing about, (laughs) about (laughs) depression because that happened to me back in Mm -hmm. 2008 as well. And, um, it is all about self, but what happened was is that I lost my identity, mm-hmm. and I think depression is losing your identity yeah. because if you know if you know who you are in Christ and you know who Christ is in you, what is there to be depressed about? There's mm-hmm. everything to be excited and happy about. Amen. But like you said, it is demonic and it does pull you into self. And it's mm-hmm. all it's for. Yeah, it's not for anything else but to have you be self indulgent 
every moment of your life That's and, right. and constantly thinking about yourself. That's right. And again, this is not to say like, oh, all you depressed people out there, you got to do this or that. But just think about what Pastor just said. Just, just consider it. Because it really is, and I bet you will have that aha moment to say, mm-hmm. wait a minute, this is self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, um, you know, even though we're visionaries, you know, maybe our vision isn't to start a software company. Our vision is to get out of the depression. Mm-hmm. Our vision is to become a whole person yeah. again. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And you, but you got out of it because you said, how I must look in your sight. And you heard you're a beloved son to me. You yeah. spent time with God right there. Even that little moment is spending time with him. That's right. Got your eyes off of you. That's right. Got your eyes into what the Lord had to say. Amen. You know, and also too, is that when you feel so bad about yourself, you know, it's interesting because you are magnifying yourself, mm-hmm. but you also are, you don't like yourself. That's right. <laughs> so Absolutely. if you don't like you, how is it going to work that God loves you regardless? Mm-hmm. That's we, just we, foreign. Yeah. We really like you. I'm just saying, don't, Thank you know. You. <laughs> makes me, I feel no, good. but that's, that's what's yes. so, uh, so, um, it doesn't make sense to you because mm-hmm. you're so hard on your, at least I was. Oh, I was too. So hard on myself that it was like, well, God has got to be feeling the same way. And he That's probably, right. yeah, he probably thinks even worse of me because mm-hmm. he even knows my inner thoughts, things mm-hmm. I haven't even spoken right, yet. Right. And it's, and it's a road of condemnation. And you go from condemnation to condemnation, but your your whole life is not focused on other people. It's on self. But once God sets you free, then all of a sudden, your focus is on him, the vision he's put in your life. And and uh, the thing about uh, what we're saying about Ishmael, too, Habakkuk says, write the vision and make it plain right. that others might walk with it. And then it says, though it tarry, wait for it, for it shall surely come to pass. And that's where patience comes in. I know that this vision shall surely come to pass because God promised it. So then I now can wait on it and not trying to make it in my own strength happen. And and when that happens then, because when you produce an Ishmael, you have to feed it. Wow. Yourself. That's true. That's, 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 God won't take care of it for you. That's amazing. And I'm... Wait, we, we have to say that again. Say that again. When when you produce an Ishmael, you have to feed it. Because like, God like will a, not. It's a kid you have to take care of. You, you brought a kid into your house, now you've got to feed the kid. That, now you've got to feed it. Wow. You know what's amazing about Pastor Rich? Um, I just met him a year and a half ago. And if you hadn't told me you were, went through all this stuff when you were younger, the depression and the attempted suicide, I would never have known that. There's, there's, yeah. not, a, there's not a trace of that on you. Mm-hmm. And so that proves to me how free you are. Well, what was amazing when I was a, a, a studying to be a minister, one of the things they did, they put you through a bunch of psychological testing by a psychologist, psychiatrist, because they want to make sure that see where you're at. And he tested me, and he said, you're the most complete person I have ever tested. And I said, well, doctor, I want you to know I was locked up in a mental clinic. I was a schizophrenic. And he looked at me, and he said, I, I can't believe that. And I said, well, I'll give you the permission to go check my records. He said, you know, less than 1% of people get free from that. And so then I said, he said, how did that happen? I said, Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And so there's freedom. I don't care what you're in. God will set you free because he does have a plan and purpose. And, and, and if you will keep your eyes on him, because his eyes always on us, we will move into that vision because it's him doing it, not us. He gave me the vision, and he says, I will fulfill the vision, 
just walk with me. And and he's, he's faithful to do it. Wow, that's awesome. And, you know, a lot of people think, well, that's good for you. Well, sure, that was easy for you, but I'm a whole different story. You have no idea what I'm going through. Well, I don't think it was easy for you. No. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it was easy, yeah. but I'm saying you make it sound easy because yeah. you know you're I, I, you're older than I am, but you look fantastic. You, you, but I, there's people your age that have gone through stuff that, and it just seems like it's the weight of the world on people. And yeah. that's where visions get aborted. Yes, is yeah. when it just becomes uh, overwhelming because you're so used to being in yourself. And again, I think Pastor, you know, I don't, my husband's never been depressed a day in his life. Never. Amen. Ever. I've known him for thirty years. I've never. You've gotten me close. No, I, I'm joking. <laughs> I have not. But anyway, well, if you think about it, I can't make, you know, we want to blame people for things sometimes. Oh, yeah. I can't make you depressed. You decide that's to right. be depressed. That's right. Maybe based on something that I've said or done, but that's a choice that the person makes mm-hmm. to do that. So I didn't mean to get deep on your joke there, but it, it is true. <laughs> but, um, but that's where we start aborting vision because mm-hmm. we are so focused on all the woes and mm-hmm. all the, the me, me, me. And, the enemy, and the, the enemy will exploit that. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's what his, that's what his job is. Yeah. Yeah. Is to stop Stop God from working in your life and to prove that God is a liar. What what if God had stopped like Henry Ford from, you know, mass producing the car? What if God, or not not God, but what if the enemy had, you know, gotten Henry Ford so depressed he couldn't make Mm -hmm. a car or the Wright Mm -hmm. brothers, they couldn't make a plane or Steve Jobs, he couldn't make the phone. What if that had happened to those guys? Yeah. Well, the thing about vision is you have to believe in the vision. And you have to eat, breathe, and that breathe, that vision because it's alive on the inside of you. And when that happens, then nothing can steal that from you. I don't care if you, if J.C. Penney goes bankrupt three times, he fulfilled his vision. I think it was Edison with the light bulb. They made 10,000 of them. And somebody said, well, isn't it time to quit? He says, oh, no, I just found 10,000 things that don't work. <laughs> And so he's still looking that I'm going to find the one time it works, and then I've got it. The vision is God-given. God will make it work in our life. And, and, but that, that's where faith and patience comes. How much do we really want that vision? And that's what's being tested. You know, it's interesting because I read, I read a book, and it said that, um, that uh, unwealthy people, I hate to say that word, but unwealthy people say, because they say that it takes 10 times to try something to ha- to have one of them be successful. And an unwealthy person would say, oh my God, I've got to do nine times to get that one 10. Mm-hmm. But the wealthy person says, I only got to fail nine times to win the one. Exactly, so it's, it's a mindset. All, yeah, it's mindset. It's all on how you look at That's it. Right. If you get excited at the failure, because like Butch and I have always said, failure is not failure. Failure right. is success. Because right. it catapults you to the next level. It, makes, right. it changes your mindset to look at things a little differently, but to go at it with just as much fervency yeah. and energy and like you were saying how your vision's alive I really believe a vision is like a baby mm-hmm. you know and it's like that you incubate for nine months a vision is on the inside of you that's why we don't want to abort it before mm-hmm. it's before it's ready to come out mm-hmm. well once again I uh, I hate to tell us this we have to we have to start wrapping up okay uh, but uh, this has been our second time with Pastor Rich Van Winkle he's from the Shepherd's House Church in Louisville Texas you can check them out on Facebook you guys live stream your service every Sunday don't mm-hmm. you yes that's awesome and Julian you're going to be down there uh, oh no you already went down there Julian <laughs> 
went down there. Uh, we sometimes pre-record things, but you've been down and down there. And how did that conference go? The uh, the healing conference. It was amazing, and we'll be coming back and doing it again. Oh, there yes, you go. Yes, they will. Very nice. That's going to be a lot of fun next time we do it. Um, but I'm I'm glad we got to have so many people come down and experience your church too, experience who you guys are, and that was really cool. So, uh, the Shepherd's House Church is wonderful. Check them out. Check out Pastor Rich Van Winkle. If you guys have any um, questions for us, just email us at visionpossiblequestions at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. And uh, any closing thoughts? No, I'm just excited that we had this talk with Pastor Rich because I believe that that will set a lot of people free and get people moving towards their vision and, and, and having their time with the Lord to know whether they need to wait and have some time with Him and have some patience or move quickly. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. And God will tell you. Yes, he, he doesn't will. sit back and say, you know what? I'm going to let you have a guessing game here and decide no. whether, you know, no, he doesn't do that. Mm-mm. He says move. And, you know, the beginning of the year, Butch and I, my, well, we all, we both asked, Lord, what is our word for the year? Like mm-hmm. that, that one word. And for me, it was accelerate. Amen. And for Butch, it was build. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I thought it was chocolate, but no, it was build. So. Yes, it was Bill. Okay, good. Don't get me, don't make me depressed now. Okay, okay. All right, guys. Hey, well, Pastor Rich, thanks for coming in today. My, my blessing. Thank we, you for having me. We're blessed to have you here. So, okay, this has been Butch and Julian Hartman, and we want to make your vision, vision possible. possible. See you later. Thanks for listening to Vision Possible. We want to hear from you. Please email us your questions at visionpossiblequestions at gmail.com. It's your vision. Now go make it possible.